following podcast is scheduled for one fall. First coming into the ring, Jose Sorazano. Our next host, Jermaine Meredith. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Smartdown Boulevard. Welcome to Smartdown Boulevard, where a pair of smarts that love to talk wrestling. But let's face it, it's not what it used to be. I am your host, Jose Solerzano, and he is my co-host, my friend, and all-around bad guy, the mighty Morphin, Power Ranger, Jermaine <laughs> Meredith. <laughs> hey, don't expose me like that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> How's it going, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm happy that we're doing this podcast with the young Padawan, wow. Jose Sorozano. Thank you. May the force be with you, my friend. May the force be with you. <laughs> and you know what? We're coming at you using the force because this is another pre-recorded Smartdown Boulevard episode because we're still on vacation. <laughs> we're still on vacation somewhere. Our past selves are now coming to you in the present, but really in the future. It, it's it's complicated. Don't just – whatever. Just, let's just move on, Jermaine, okay, because – Technically, we're recording this before the new year, but we just hope that uh, you guys are having a great new year, 2021, and hopefully it's been a lot better than what 2020 was because 2020 is just a cluster mess, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just disaster after disaster. Yeah, honestly, we should stop talking about it and just leave it in the past. But today's episode is a little special one. We decided to go back and go down through memory lane on SmackDown Boulevard. This is the best of the Boulevard 2020 Crazy to believe that we started the show only on May 13th, 2020, with our first episode ever entitled Humble Goats, Jermaine. What a time that was. I know, man. Our first episode ever entitled Humble Goats. It took us a while to lift up the show from the ground and actually get that first episode out for the Smart fans. And it was a big accomplishment when we finally did. And if you will remember, you're going to listen to a third voice here. We were first joined during the first six episodes by our good friend Bamal. He was our co-host with uh, episodes one through episode six. So this is a good trip down memory lane. And man, listening back to this, Jermaine, we were green. We were green <laughs> like an NXT wrestler or new recruit. And we've come a long way. So let's go back down through memory lane. I have two. Jermaine has two. This is a good show to look back on. And, man, let's just get into it, Jermaine. The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. First coming into the ring, Jose Sorazano. Our next host, Jermaine Meredith. And finally, Bimal Patel. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Smartdown Boulevard. This is Smartdown Boulevard. This show is about a trio of smarts that love to talk about wrestling, but not watch it on a regular basis. We do love wrestling. But wrestling just isn't what it used to be. And I think that's something that we can all agree with. My name is Jose Solerzano, and I am joined by two of my best friends, fellow Smarks and co-hosts, Jermaine Meredith, Bamal Patel. How are you doing, Jermaine? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Just surviving, man, one day at a time here. How about you, Bamal? 
<laughs> trying to do the same thing, but uh, I'm super excited to get this podcast going. Absolutely, man. And like you said, um, Smartdown Boulevard has been in development for months now, and I also cannot wait for everyone to hear it. But bear with us, folks. These are our humble beginnings. Some things might be rough, like a classic ECW match featuring New Jack, and some things might be beautifully executed, like a Bret Hart sharpshooter. But keep it here with us. We will not disappoint you. And on today's show, our topic is one that everyone talks about, but no one can agree on, the greatest wrestler of all time. Then we take it to the smart reel where we will play some videos that caught our attention and that will definitely catch your attention as well. Let's go. This is Smartdown Boulevard. As promised, it's topic time. The greatest of all time or GOAT. This is a highly subjective topic, specifically when it comes to professional wrestling. Everyone loves to make their list of their favorite wrestlers of all time. I'm fine with this. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Everyone has different tastes. Everyone has different perspectives on things. And I'd like to throw it to Jermaine to begin. Jermaine. Like Jose said before, the GOAT, that term has been thrown around a lot. But there's one person in my mind when I think of GOAT, or GOAT status, there's only one person, and that's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Why is that? Quite simply because he had so many monumental moments. Merchandise sales through the roof. Back in 98, $12 million were made just off of Austin's shirts. And guys, he just, he just takes off all the boxes. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. There hasn't been another face badass in the business that can top him. Okay. And I know Jose has to agree with me. Okay, Jermaine. I understand that you you love Stone Cold Steve Austin. I love Stone Cold Steve Austin too. I do think he's one of the greatest of all times. But you're saying that he is the B end and end all of greatest of all time. We go. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Okay, for me, <laughs> and that's fine, you know, for me, on my greatest of all times list is Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, even Bruno San Martino, and, and that's for that old school crowd, and even John Cena, and yes, you can say these guys, for the exception of Shawn Michaels, are not the greatest workers, but, you know, Cena only has five moves of doom, how can he be the greatest of all time? Cena brings fans into those stadiums, sells a lot of merchandise, has charisma, great promos, fans love or hate him as soon as his music comes on, has monumental and historical accomplishments attached to his name, and brought something unique and progressive to the wrestling industry. And the same can be said for The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, your boy Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bruno San Martino, and Hulk Hogan. They also defined a generation, influenced generations, have withstood the test of time. They're immortals, if you will. So yeah, I mean, there are certain criteria for me, that indicate that more than one person could be the greatest of all time. Like nowadays, you have wrestling fans, writers calling anybody uh, that that has come and gone a goat. It almost seems that calling a wrestler who has been around for a while a goat is a term of endearment, whether they deserve it or not. It diminishes those larger than life characters that have broken ground and have accomplished much more than those others. So yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Stone Cold is a goat. 
but he's not the only goat, in my opinion. I don't know where Bamal stands on all this. Oh, gentlemen, of the uh, three little smarks, I'm the one that everyone's going to hate. Listen, <laughs> this conversation of goatism, goat greatest of all time, it's a conversation that's had all the time in every sport. Pick a sport, any sport, and someone is going to be talking about someone being great. But the reality fact is, what is that great? You said it yourself. Both of you said it. There's check boxes. There's tick boxes. And, you know, we can sit here and talk about what those boxes are. But oh. the reality fact is the ranking of those boxes are subjective as well. For example, Stone Cold, great. You can't I, I agree with you, Jermaine. No guy will compete with him. No one will ever have the energy to heat. This guy comes out, he always gets a pop. But the only reason why he's great is because people sell and make him look good. You know? Ooh. Is Stone Cold's moveset that amazing? <laughs> I've never seen him go beyond the second rope. Oh. And I'm not knocking him. I've never i I've I'm not knocking him. I'm not knocking him. I think he is great, but it's such a subjective conversation, especially in wrestling, because wrestling isn't like every other sport. It's entertainment. So you can't rank it the same way. So I don't know. In this overall conversation, I think like Jose said, the term goat is used so often that it's lost meaning. We need a new word. You want to talk about legends? You want to talk about icon? You could talk about Hogan. You could talk about Stone Cold. You could talk about Undertaker. You could talk about all these people. You know, something else if someone comes out and says, oh, the hurricane is the greatest of all time, even though I love the hurricane. Oh, and he's God. great. And he's uh, great in his own way. His gimmick was the best. But it doesn't make him a goat. doesn't make him an icon. He does a lot of work behind the scenes. Look at Lance Storm. Not the best known guy for wrestling, but behind the scenes, he's a legend. Icons is the real term we need to look at. This goatism, it's got to end. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that point. Like everybody uses that, that goat too much. I mean, like even Ric Flair stated that recently on the Stone Cold Broken Skull sessions that the term "great" is, and I quote, passed around too much today. There's a lot of workers out there today and before, but great is in a whole different category. And my only other problem is, before you go and make your list, make sure you title your list properly. Because a lot of people get their, like you just said, you love the hurricane, right? I think yeah. he's maybe on your favorites of all time list, but I don't think he's in your greatest of all time list. No, I wouldn't. You're listening to Smartdown Boulevard. So one of my favorite episodes aired on July 31st, and we're talking about the 14-time WWE champion and what a coincidence that it was our 14th episode. Mm. And we're talking about none other than Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H, a.k.a. The Game. This episode's called It's All About The Game. And it's one of my favorite episodes because you really, well, for me, I really appreciated how much of a game changer Triple H was back in his day right. and how much of a great heel he is. and. I said in the in the episode that he's quite possibly the greatest heel of all time because I legit hated this guy. And I know we sometimes have bad things to say about WWE and management and how they book and do things, but this made me really appreciate Triple H, and I got much love for the guy. This episode, we also did this because they were celebrating his 25th anniversary in the wrestling yes. world. and. I used to have a negative view of Triple H. I would always make fun of him and be like, he's overrated. But doing the research for this episode really made me realize that he's been there. He's done everything. And to be quite honest with you, he's to be celebrated. So, yeah, 100%. It's all about the game. Yep. July 31st, 2020 on Smartdown Boulevard. You know, 
because this past Monday was Paul Michael Levesque's 51st birthday. And all of you smarts out there are probably saying, who in the hell is Jose talking about right now? Well, let me educate you guys, okay? I got three words for you. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. That's right. Also known as Terrorizing, the Cerebral Assassin, the King of Kings, the Game, Stephanie McMahon's husband, Triple H, turned 51 years young on Monday, and a very happy birthday to him. And hopefully in the future, he'll be one of our guests here on Smartdown Boulevard. Wouldn't that be great, eh, Jermaine? I hope so, as long as you've been listening to our earlier stuff. <laughs> well, well <laughs> let me retract a couple of things from the beginning here, because... When you presented this idea, I'm like, ah, oh, Triple H, you know, I will admit in the past I've said <laughs> Triple H is kind of overrated to me, but doing the research for today's show, I can honestly say to you that this man has been prevalent in the WWE since his debut in 1995. Oh, yeah. He yep. has been a constant presence in the WWE. And very loyal. I'm amazed. And then it got me thinking, Jermaine, maybe Triple H doesn't get all the credit he deserves. What do you think? Yeah, you know what? I don't think he gets enough credit because he, I will say right off the bat, he might be the greatest heel of all time. Wow. And I'm going to put that right up there. He's amazing. Look, I understand where that's coming from because if you look at his career from 1990, he started as a heel with that blue blood with that horrible accent as Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Um, <laughs> and who could, the accent. Yeah, the accent is horrible, <laughs> but for some reason it just worked. And I want to start there because for me, when I first saw Triple H, I saw him in that garb that he used to, that royal British garb that he used to wear all the time. I didn't make much of him at the time, even though he did that from 95 to 97 when you know he became Intercontinental Champion a couple times. But then when I really started paying attention to Triple H was during the Degeneration X era from 97 to 1999. To me, that's when wrestling was at a all-time high for me. So I remember Triple H more as the guy who started as this aristocratic character and then merged his way onto Degeneration X with Shawn Michaels in China and, and so be it. But I never thought he would get to the point where he is now. That is the most amazing thing ever. And it begs to question, is he here because of his relationship with Stephanie McMahon or was he always destined to be part of the WWE executive team? I think that he was destined to be a part of WWE's creative team mm -hmm. because the man clearly has a great love of wrestling. It's so real to him, and he's put his he's put all of his effort in remaining in great shape. The man has never touched beer or drugs while on the road in his career, and he's been known for that. And it shows in his in-ring work and his character development. Whenever he's angry or upset in the ring, it's so real. And his facial expressions, it's just, man, like, you wouldn't want to piss that guy off, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do get that intensity level of him. Even when, when performing moves and selling for other wrestlers, you can tell that he really puts his all on the line there for the talent oh, yeah. he's working with. And that's the thing. I mean, I think Triple H gets all this hate because they feel like he was he fed himself or he, he was handed all these titles, all these reigns, all these accomplishments because of his relationship with the boss's daughter, which there could be yeah. some nepotism there, you know? I mean, I think, I don't know if it was you... Or some of our other friends who said that when Shawn Michaels came back and Triple H and him had a program that they kind of helped each other. They kind of helped each other elevate each other's uh, careers at that point. And they were only allowed to do it because of the position that Triple H was in backstage being married to the boss's daughter. Do you think that really has something to do with his career, his legacy? You know what? 
I don't think so because within just looking at Triple H face value, the guy has the look. The guy spends a lot of time in the gym. And to be a wrestler, the whole package, I mean, not just the maneuvers and whatnot. I'm talking about character, uh, in-ring work, all of that. Promos. What encompasses a wrestler. Yeah, promos. Mm -hmm. Triple H has that talent. No matter how much opportunities you want to give somebody, if they don't have it, they're going to stink up the place. Right. And Triple H, in-ring work, awesome. Character, awesome. His promos, great. This guy has everything. He is a superstar. Mm-hmm. He's an A-plus player, as he would say himself. <laughs> yeah. He is. He definitely is. He's proven himself that. And I think when he was kind of legitimized in the eyes of the WWE Universe, was actually during the McMahon Helmsley era, which sadly came oh, to sure. it came during an abrupt stop because he got injured. So on May twenty first, two thousand and one, on the episode of Raw is War. Remember when Raw was just called Raw is War? Great times, man. Yeah, great times. Yep. Um, it was a nice main event. Uh, he and Austin were defending the WWF Tag Team Championships against Chris Jericho and another Chris that we won't mention. And at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point, Jericho had uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin trapped in the walls of Jericho, and then Triple H ran in to break it up. But just as he did, he fell abruptly, and he didn't get up, and people were confused. And what happened was that he suffered a tear in his left quadricep muscle, and it ripped completely off the bone. And, I mean, I'm no doctor, but I know that is an amount of pain I would never want to be in. But... <laughs> Despite his inability to move around or to place any weight on his leg, this man was still able to complete the match, and like he allowed Chris Jericho to put him in the walls of Jericho on the announce table, which a That's move insane. puts considerable pain and stress on the quads. Yeah. To be quite honest, like I said, this, this brought an abrupt end to the McMahon-Helmsley era because Triple H was out for over eight months, and he could have honestly, that could have been it. That could have been his career. Up to that point, he even missed the invasion angle because of this injury. Can you imagine that? Yeah, that's true. What a missed yeah. opportunity. But then the man comes back eight months later, January 7th, 2002, Madison Square Garden. After being sidelined, Jermaine, for eight months due to this quad injury, he returns to a reaction that I still remember and that has left an impact on me as a wrestling fan because I never really – I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, how about The Rock's return? How about Brock Lesnar's return? Yeah, but you got to understand the magnitude that this could have been his career. And the fact that he came back yeah. and he received this reception from Madison Square Garden, which is a crowd, this that's the mecca of wrestling. And he was received by the fans this way is totally amazing. And I'd like to play that on an embedded version of the Smart Reel. I mean, listen to that. Look at that pop. Oh. I get goosebumps, man. I get goosebumps just watching this. And nah. it brings me back to the time when wrestling to me was... It still is everything to me, but when wrestling was just that darn special. The game returning. Yeah. And that pop. Everybody's up on their feet. Everybody's cheering. You don't really get that anymore nowadays. Obviously not with COVID, but like even before pre-COVID. It was rare to get these type of reactions, and Triple H got one of those actions, you know, to the point where, like, they made a defining moments figure of this moment in wrestling history. 
Oh. And, you know, this was the start of his World Heavyweight Championship and Evolution in 2002 through to 2005. So it was very monumental for him to return at this time, right, Jermaine? It was, man. I remember he fought Chris Jericho at WrestleMania yeah, for man. the two belts. The undisputed and championship. That was the main event. Yeah. You know, I remember Stephanie McMahon turned on him, and she was in Chris Jericho's corner at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. WrestleMania 18. That's right. I can't forget that. I've seen that match a bunch of times, and that was Triple H's, one of his most finest moments in his career. Absolutely. Attention Smarks, calling all Smarks. We want to talk to you about our friends over at Anchor. Many of you are listening to us on Anchor already, but if you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. It's free? Yes, free. And after hearing what Anchor can do for you, you won't believe that it's free. All right, I'm listening. Tell me more. So on Anchor, you can use creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It is that simple. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more audio streaming platforms. And did we mention that it's all free? All free. Yes, you heard it again. Free. So Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you ever thought about starting your own podcast, now is the time to do it and use Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, back to the boulevard. My next favorite episode was on June 22nd, entitled Thank You, Undertaker. This is one of my favorites because it was just coming off the heels of the Last Ride documentary that aired on the WWE Network, which I watched on an online torrent. But, uh, <laughs> hey, how honest of you. <laughs> it's The Undertaker, so I gotta, I had to watch it. I couldn't wait till I got the legit network. Mm-hmm. But as I was saying, it's one of my favorites because it was such an emotional ride seeing all of the preparation that Undertaker went through to prepare for some of his last matches. Yeah. Ending a lengthy 20 plus year career with the WWE, stayed loyal to the company and just talking about all the episodes on the documentary, it was just so great to understand and see the backstage character of Mark Calloway, which is a shoot name. And he's a lovable guy, and he's one of the greatest characters in all of wrestling. And I just love talking about what we saw in the documentary and all the emotion that it entailed. So that, that episode really stood out to me. And one Undertaker is one of he's probably top two of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yes, Go. yes, and absolutely cemented himself in uh, the wrestling's Mount Rushmore of the best of all time, or the greatest of all time. Actually, I can safely say that the Undertaker. This episode also for us, Jermaine, was a big leap for us on SmackDown Boulevard. It ushered in the two-for-one weeks, which we offer here on SmackDown Boulevard, which are some of our favorites, actually, because yes. we get to come to you twice a week. And this was the first one. We just had to do it right after that last episode aired, right after Father's Day. And this also marked the first time that you and I went at it solo, man. We were uh, we were three, and then we were uh, down to two, and we held the ship, and we went strong that week with two episodes. So... Not only was uh, was it an emotional week because of the Undertaker was pretty much cementing himself, saying that you know this is his last hurrah, his last match he had had uh, announced during the last episode there of the last ride. But for us, it was it was a new beginning, and I think we uh, really stepped up to the plate, and we've been here ever since. And now we're thirty nine episodes in. 
So definitely this was a landmark episode, not only for us, but obviously in the career of uh, Mark Calloway, The Undertaker. Enjoy this clip. The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. From Death Valley, weighing in at 299 pounds, The Undertaker! Welcome to Smark Down Boulevard. We are a trio of Smarks that love to talk wrestling, but not watch it on a regular Basis. My name is Jose Solorzano, and with me today is my smart co-host, Jermaine Meredith. Unfortunately, Bamal can't be with us today, but we look forward to having him in future episodes. On today's Smart Down Boulevard, we're going to leave the pleasantries aside and the plugs until the end, because we want to discuss in detail The Undertaker, The Last Ride. Jermaine, what a ride, no pun intended, that we've been on while this documentary has been streaming exclusively on the WWE Network. The last ride gave us an in-depth look at Mark Calloway, the man behind The Undertaker, during the past three years of his iconic career, something that we hardly, or if ever, have experienced before at this level. What are your thoughts after the final episode aired last night? Just, wow. Mm -hmm. I am a Mark for the undertaker <laughs> everything that i've seen last night oh my goodness it made me teary-eyed it made me sad and depressed that he kind of felt a way about his career ending yeah. about not being able to perform at the, the perform the way he used to perform it, it just got me a bit down you know because it's literally an end of an era and the end of the dead man no more wrestlemanias no more gongs being hit for his entrance and the whole thing was just so well done, and I felt like I knew The Undertaker after. Right, yeah. That's the thing. I mean, we've never seen The Undertaker in this sense where we get to follow him on his daily journeys and what he does on his free time, how he interacts with his wife, how he interacts with his children. He really is yeah. an everyday type person, you know? I mean, we often see these characters larger than life, and now that he's let us in, he's just... You know, he's no different than you and I, really. Just that he, he's lived up to this big persona that is this character, one of the best, if not the best character of all time, The Undertaker. No doubt, man. Undertaker, like Triple H was saying last night in the documentary, that mm. they'll never, his legacy will be that there'll never be another Undertaker. Never. And that is for damn sure, because in this age of wrestling, you can't, gimmicks like that don't work anymore. And Undertaker was able to take his dead man gimmick and evolve it. Also change with the times and become the American badass. Mm -hmm. And then go back to the to the late eighties, uh hokey gimmicks with the dead man and evolve it again and make it something that's totally new and appropriate for the time then. For me personally, that's when he's had some of his best matches. When he brought back the dead man gimmick. Oh Randy Orton Edge, Batista, mm -hmm. Shawn Michaels, of course. Triple H, of course. Yep. No, and, yeah, and now that you talk about WrestleMania, I mean, think about this. I mean, 25 WrestleMania appearances, 23 and 2. <laughs> That's never 
going to. Ha- I mean, somebody might reach twenty five appearances if they have a long, healthy career like the Undertaker. Not even healthy, but still yeah. a long career like the Undertaker's. But who's going to have a record? Nobody's going to have a record of twenty three wins, twenty one consecutive wins, actually. At the show of shows, yeah, WrestleMania, that alone is a legacy into itself. And I remember when we used to get together to watch WrestleManias. Most of the time, we didn't even care about the main event. We cared about the Undertaker match. <laughs> we used to have side yeah. bets as to how long the Undertaker was going to take to get to the ring. Yeah, right. <laughs> how many? About to say that. Yeah. <laughs> how many? <laughs> how many tombstones? How many choke slams? I mean, we surrounded ourselves with the Undertaker for WrestleMania. That alone. That's just amazing. No one will ever come close to that. And until next time, Smarks, tuck your chin in. All right, Jermaine, my second clip, and I'm not going to say it's the best episode we've ever had, but throughout the shows, 39 of them now, I always laugh. But I did not laugh as hard and as loud as I did during our episode entitled Electronic Warfare Wrestling Video Games that aired September 18th, 2020, because we invited one of our friends to the show, Dizon. (laughs) (laughs) And as you're all going to hear, there is some beef, some history with Dizon and Jermaine, and I just exploited it. I just sat back had some popcorn and a nice ginger ale beside me and just listened to these guys go at it, uh, saying who beat who, who's better at wrestling video games. And just honestly, the whole conversation was great. And I think it was the first time that we invited someone from the outside, uh, not really directly um, associated with the show or helping with the show. Uh, this is the first time we invited them in, and I think it was a success. And I think we're going to see Dizon on SmackDown Boulevard coming up very soon in future episodes because I believe he wants a rematch. Oh, God. And <laughs> and I think, you know, I think you deserve a win from him. I mean, you've lost twice now, right? What are you talking about lost twice? You lost the match. Stop spreading, that- stop spreading <laughs> fake news over the airwaves, okay? <laughs> didn't, no. didn't you lose that match and didn't you lose the trivia? Oh. Well, I gotta say to that. Oh, no. Oh, no. Anyway, you... S- <laughs> Guys, vexed. Ladies and gentlemen, take a, <laughs> lis- take a listen for yourself. September 18th, 2020, Electronic Warfare Wrestling Video Games here on the Best of the Boulevard. You're listening to Smartdown Boulevard. This week, I'm pretty much just going to sit back and just enjoy the conversation. But that's in a little bit when our special guest joins us. And as you can tell already from last week, from social media on our Instagram page at Smartdown Boulevard, that there is a history between our guest and Jermaine, and it all stems from video games. Am I right, Jermaine? Uh, I guess so. Yes, and it got us thinking, well, it got me thinking, of course, WWE or just professional wrestling video games in general. And it just so happens, Jermaine, this is just serendipitous, that the new WWE 2K Battlegrounds game will be released this Friday. So, Uh, it just happened to work out. The stars were aligned. I see fate has a sense of humor, (laughs) doesn't it? (laughs) It does have a sense of humor, and there's going to be laughs and a whole lot of hysteria coming up here. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest for this week. 
He is a friend of ours, a day one listener of SmackDown Boulevard. He is a fan of the professional wrestling industry and its video games. Adrian Dizon, welcome to SmackDown Boulevard, my friend. Hello, thanks for having me on, man. Thank you. Uh, oh, thanks for. Oh, whoa! <laughs> no way! I, I thought you were gonna have you saying both on the show, man. <laughs> you saying both? <laughs> this guy, but I guess he'll suffice because he's a runner as well. Oh, okay. okay. So, like okay. I mentioned, like okay. I mentioned in the beginning of the show, there is some underlying tension here, and we will get to that, but because it has to be addressed. But I just want to start <laughs> things off. With video games, guys, because this is what this is what brought us together here, and this is what's causing this. Yeah, video games, wrestling, video games. Okay, uh, we ha- it's yeah. time to let in the Smark Down Boulevard fans, the Smark fans, in on what this animosity it is because it's just underlying, and we just can't move forward with the conversation because <laughs> guys are taking shots, and I'm really entertained here, and I just want to get into it. Let me just start by saying this. That I would organize WrestleMania parties at my house, okay? And I'd invite the whole crew. Dizon was there, Jermaine was there, and a bunch of other friends. And we got into this rhythm of having 2K tournaments and 2K matches. Now, Jermaine owns, and he has a world heavyweight replica belt. And he would always say, I'll beat anybody, I'll put it on the line. Long story short, Jermaine was in one of these tournaments to see who would end up facing him for the title or something like that. And Dizon was facing Jermaine. And I think at that time, Dizon was not too well-versed on the 2K games. Is that, am I correct? Wrong. Not yet. Not exactly. Wrong. Uh, hold, hold, Wrong. On. hold on, Jermaine. You, you'll have time to, uh, to, to say your truth there. I thought he wasn't that well-versed in the 2K games. I think this is what inspired him to buy the game and keep going forward with the 2K series. Um, but turns out <laughs> that um, Dizon did pin... Jermaine in the game using who? Who were you playing with? It was the year Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble, actually, and he just won the Royal Rumble. Wow, so specific. <laughs> so that year, okay. So Jermaine seems to have a problem with this whole situation. Jermaine, what is your issue? I mean, he did pin you one, two, three. Listen, uh, <laughs> I recall things differently. Okay. This man. Had a copy of the game. Who I have not bought. Who had a copy of the game? Two K. I believe these on it. Oh. I have not bought a copy of Two K since uh, it was The Rock on the cover and then Daniel Bryan on the flip side. Never owned it, but I was still that damn good. <laughs> so <laughs> after I'm that, blowing, I'm that, after blowing through everybody that was at your house, except for me, along comes go ahead, agent shot. Along comes Adrian Dizon, all right? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm going to challenge this guy. Let me just play around with him for a bit. Yeah, I okay. could have I pinned him multiple times throughout the match and just one, two, three, and just went home. But I'm like, you know what? Let me play it my food before I devour it. So, you know, I let him, I let him you know, get some moves in on me because I'm a nice guy. And then he just hits me up with his roll-up pin. And as soon as I look towards him, he's gone out of Jose's house. Like the fastest <laughs> man in the world. A god out of Jose's house. Oh, okay. Okay. He disappeared. <laughs> I said, yo, let's go again. <laughs> gone. <laughs> oh, please. Like Speedy Gonzalez, so, you're saying. Yes. Anybody? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, Jermaine, wow, okay. you said your truth. Dizon. What is your... I said the truth. 
Okay. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so he's right. He's essentially right up to a certain point. Like I did. I rest my game. Hold on. Hold on, Jermaine. Hold yeah, on. I did. I did. I, was I playing a lot? No. I mean, working. I, I worked. I dude. I was working seven days a week at that time. And Jermaine, you are too. But or you were at the time too. But man, bro, I was. I was working hard, and I did have a copy. I I played it very seldomly. Like and like like Jose said, I wasn't that well versed. But yes, we were playing, and I did hit a pin on Jermaine, but I did not <laughs> run out. Uh, so guess how were, much I uh, guess how much times I played zero. Cue 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 your um, intern Melanie with the picture, please, like for the YouTube channel, please, okay. like the one where I'm holding, where I'm holding the world heavyweight championship on my shoulder. Okay, intern Melanie, Randy Orton style. Intern please. Melanie, please cue. How about you send? How about you send the and picture then, to uh, intern Melanie with a photo of you holding the belt right now? Oh please, I can and do that. The other one how about you? There's the one where Jermaine is literally like sobbing in a corner, and I'm holding out the toothpaste <laughs> just to like rub it, rub in the salt. I don't know. I, I have that one. Cue uh, Inter Melanie for that one. That's a good one. Okay, Inter oh, Melanie. That cue that one, please. There it is. Now, please. I love now, it, guys. Okay, so we all have di- we all <laughs> we all have different stories, and I don't think this is going to be settled at all, at all. I really don't. So I have a way. Let's just forget about that day for now. Okay. Let's just forget it because never. we're, never, we're never going to reach an agreement to this unless there's two things here. Number one. Hold up, though. Wait. We didn't talk about when I busted him open like a stuffed pig and beat him in the last man standing match. Please. Because I can't get out of a three count. This exactly. man can't get up that stand. <laughs> it takes skill to Even get worse. out of a three count. Even worse. Oh, please. It takes you had 10 tries, Bijan. 10 it tries. It takes someone lazy. 10 Super tries. lazy. Someone who does this show while they're at work. Super oh lazy. Oh, my God. Just to, just to you know, Super talented. Up and just, like, leave them there, please. Okay, guys. Like, guys, 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 guys. You got guys. hit with the Stone Cold Thunder. <laughs> oh, please. And you couldn't get up at 10. Okay, okay. So, you course, get up my guy had to have a beer bash in the middle of the ring to celebrate. Oh God. <laughs> that, gr- that green area that happens when you when you hit the three count or when you're in a three count, it, it was literally like half of that circle. Like you you couldn't miss. So <laughs> like I don't know if you were oh colorblind or okay. you just Okay guys. Don't okay like guys. We gotta settle this, okay? We gotta calm it down. Ladies and gentlemen, like I told you, there is a lot of animosity and a lot of history here. But I just gotta say this. Before we move on, okay, I just wanna say this. This is what I like about wrestling video games. And all in all, they just bring you and your friends together and create these memories that will last a lifetime and situations that will never... (laughs) (laughs) And memories that will never die and conversations that will never end because of this. Attention Smarks, calling all Smarks. We want to talk to you about our friends over at Anchor. Many of you are listening to us on Anchor already, but if you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. 
It's free. It's free? Yes, free. And after hearing what Anchor can do for you, you won't believe that it's free. All right, I'm listening. Tell me more. So on Anchor, you can use creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It is that simple. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more audio streaming platforms. And did we mention that it's all free? All free. Yes, you heard it again. Free. So Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you ever thought about starting your own podcast, now is the time to do it and use Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, back to the boulevard. Welcome back to Smartdown Boulevard. That was the best of the Boulevard 2020. We hope you enjoyed going back and going, uh, you know, taking a trip down memory lane. It's always nice to uh, look back and see how far we've come, right, Jermaine? That's right, man. And it's kind of fascinating, man, because we just started off during the pandemic. Yeah. Just a couple of guys talk about wrestling, and now we're on the cusp of becoming a global empire. Excellent. <laughs> Good. Good. And we will continue all of this next week when we come back at you with a brand new episode, uh, which happens to be our 40th episode, Jermaine, which is fantastic. And we're also entering 2021, looking forward to our one-year anniversary, which will be on May 13th, 2021. So we're looking forward to that as well. And we're looking forward to, well, I'm not really looking forward to being not on vacation anymore, but we took our two weeks. Yeah. It's time to come back fresh with new ideas and give the smart fans what they really want. So let's enjoy it. As always, folks, you can listen to us at anchor.fm online or on the app that you can download for free. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, among others. For the full list, for more content, and to connect with us, find us on Instagram at Smartdown Boulevard. That's at Smartdown BLVD to keep the conversation going. Jermaine, I will see you next week, and please sign us out, man. And remember, smart fans, talk your chin in. This is Smart Down Boulevard!